Hey everybody, this is Sam. Uh, programming note before we get started. I know I talked about um, the that our next episode would be an interview. Well, that interview is going to happen, but it's going to happen uh, next month in July. In the meantime, I do have some uh, episodes planned for us, but just not the one I had previewed. So we are going to get started with another story and the interview I talked about before will be later hopefully in the early July okay let's go the story is David and Goliath this is a familiar story that uh, most people know We have our two combatants, David, the small shepherd boy, who all he has is a few stones and this slingshot that's not really a slingshot, just mainly a sling. And we have Goliath, this giant man with armor and sword and shield and and everyone in fear of him. And David goes out there and he kills the giant. And everyone is amazed. And this is the great underdog story that is the metaphor that everybody goes to when they talk about someone defying great odds. Achieving the impossible. But someone, well specifically Malcolm Gladwell, would disagree with how incredible this story is. The story is not what it appears to be, according to Malcolm Gladwell. He is a author, writer, and journalist. Uh, he writes for the New York Times, and he's a... Uh, I'm a big fan of him. He has his own podcast as well. Uh, called Revisionist History. He's a really good uh, storyteller and presenter. And that's why I was intrigued by why he would be talking about David and Goliath. And I watched his TED Talk, and what he talks about is all the disadvantages Goliath has. He sees Goliath as someone who suffers from gigantism, which is a excess of basically excess of growth hormone that uh, he that he suffers from and part of his problems and this is based off of the biblical accounts he talks about how Goliath says you come to me with sticks well David only had a rod in his hand and Malcolm Gladwell states this as being a evidence for double vision and for not being able to see David that well. He also says, come to me, Goliath says to David, because he's too far away. Malcolm Gladwell also points out that Goliath is led by an assistant into the valley. And that he is, so Goliath is this large, slow-moving, poorly sighted individual who is out of range uh, he's not able to, to hit David from where David's at. 
And who is David? He points out that David is younger, more agile, able to fire a sling from far away. It is uh, David who is not the underdog. He has all the advantages, according to Malcolm Gladwell, that the story is not what it appears to be. That David, though, would physically appear to be the underdog, actually tactically had all of the advantages. But I would disagree with Malcolm Gladwell. My evidence? Andre the Giant. From the French Alps, 476 pounds, 7 foot 4, Andre the Giant, is Malcolm Gladwell's example of, to relate to his crowd that he's talking to, of gigantism. And he equates uh, Goliath to being a similar figure. But my problem with that is that Goliath and Andre the Giant don't have a lot of overlap. These are two really large guys, I believe. But you're going to find a lot of things both these men don't have in common. Andre the Giant's parents were of normal size. Andre the Giant's kids were of normal size. Goliath's parents were giants. His brother and his three sons were giants. Andre the Giant, until later in life, was pretty agile. I'll even give Malcolm Gladwell the point that uh, maybe Goliath was slow-moving. But Andre the Giant, for for at least half of his life, was actually pretty decent-moving. In the account... Goliath is heard clearly making these uh, derogatory statements towards Israel and saying, send somebody out here. Andre the Giant was actually difficult to understand. Uh, Some of his speech was kind of slurred, which is a common trait with gigantism. But that was not a problem that Goliath had. People clearly heard what he said. So what I think we're dealing with is two different cases. We're talking about two large men, but we're not necessarily talking about the same condition. My other problem with this is not only is Andre and Goliath not necessarily the same, but let's take this from the Philistines' perspective, if they, this, Malcolm Gladwell's argument makes the Philistines look like morons. Why are they sending out someone into battle with all of these deficiencies? This was part of a large campaign to control land, and they're sending out poor, slow-moving, double-sided Goliath to decide this for them? And if he, and if, so why would they send him out if they know he has so many problems? If this is just some sort of odd Trojan horse move by the Philistines, why did they have no plan B? 
after Goliath is clearly killed and executed, what the Philistines do, their next move is they turn and run. They have no other plan. All of their chips were on Goliath. And if Goliath had all of these problems, wouldn't the Philistines know that? And if, Philist and if Goliath had all of these problems, how does he become the Philistines' champion as he's described? Were the Philistines just a large group of people that were very easily defeated one-on-one? -on -one? So we have some problems here. I don't, I don't believe Malcolm Gladwell is correct. David also wouldn't have had any ability to see any of these problems in Goliath when approaching him. From far away, none of these deficiencies would be obvious. So let's grant Malcolm Gladwell all of these deficiencies to be true. David still takes a lot of courage for him to try this because all he sees is a giant. Well, the story is what you've always known it to be. David is David, and Goliath is Goliath. Sorry if you were looking for a twist there. But I think it's actually a good thing. What, why that is a good thing is because it means incredible things do happen. It means that courage is rewarded and that faith is needed to achieve great things. That we don't need to overanalyze things and suck the joy out of them. I think that's what we maybe do sometimes to, I don't know, be hyper-intellectual. But I think that's what I was left with, is that, yes, amazing and incredible things do happen. They are possible. But they take faith. They take courage. For David, he saw there was a need and there was a cause. He stood up for what he believed in, and he had confidence in his God to get him the victory. And that's, I think, how incredible things happen. Faith, courage, and confidence in things greater than ourselves. Which I think is why we, some maybe want to take the fun out of or the incredibleness out of incredible things. Because then it gives you an excuse to quit. It gives you a reason not to try. If David isn't David and Goliath isn't Goliath.
but the good news is, they are exactly who we thought they were. Next time, the story is heroes. What do we do with them when they prove themselves to be less than heroic? That's next time.